Now here's the question, what is this day of reward going to be like for those who are in Christ? Well, I want us to see four things about it today. You on that day are going to be treasured, you're going to be spared, you're going to be healed, and you are going to be free. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and it's great that you've been able to join us today. And Colin, today we're continuing our series, Encouragement for Faithful Believers. And I know all of us would want to say that we follow faithfully after Christ, but sometimes we do get discouraged. Yeah, and the book of Malachi in chapter 3 that we're in is, to me, one of the most marvelous passages of encouragement in the Bible. It really is. It picks up on what faithful believers do in really rough times. And what we've seen so far in this little series is that God's people speak with one another and they speak well about the Lord. And when we do that, you know, the Lord hears. It's a wonderful thing, even in a dark time, to speak well of the Lord who loves us. And then we see not only that God hears, but he remembers You know, everything that you have done in service for the Lord is remembered by God and will be remembered forever. And today we're looking at the best part of all, that God wonderfully rewards faithful believers. We're going to look forward to what that day is going to be like, and it is beautifully described in the verses that we're going to look at from Malachi. So let's have our Bibles open, if we can, at Malachi chapter 3, as we begin our message, God Rewards. Here's Colin. We've seen that Malachi, in this last book of the Old Testament, he gives us an exact description of the challenge that is facing believers today. In Malachi's day, the wicked seemed to be winning. God didn't seem to do much to stop them. The righteous were struggling, and God didn't seem to be doing much to help them. God seemed neither to frown on the wicked nor to smile on the righteous. And so God's people began to wonder, well, what's the point in serving the Lord? You see that in verse 14. You have said it is vain to serve God. But through all of this, we've seen that there were some people who remained faithful. Verse 16, those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. And the Lord paid attention, and he heard them. And then we saw that a book of remembrance was written before the Lord. In Christ, God remembers your work, your words, your tears, and your desires. But he does not remember your sins. God puts a finger of mercy over the scars of his children, your sins and your iniquities, God says, I will remember no more. Now we begin today in verse 18 of Malachi and chapter 3. And I want you to notice there that Malachi says, then once more you will see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Now, notice the word once more. They clearly indicate that there had been times in the past 
when the distinction, the difference between the righteous and the wicked was clearly seen. The distinction and the difference between those who serve God and those who did not was clearly seen in the past. When was it seen in the past? Well, Noah saw the distinction between the righteous and the wicked at the time of the flood. He lived at a time when the earth was filled with violence. That's Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11. And God warned him that judgment would come. Noah then took this message and he became a preacher of righteousness. He spoke to people of his day and of his generation about the judgment that was to come. No one paid any attention outside of the small circle of Noah's own family. No one else took him seriously. Noah built the ark, no doubt to the great amusement of people who did not believe his message. Why would you build this great boat on dry land, miles from any sea? Then he got into the ark, no doubt, to the great amusement and scoffing of people who did not believe what he said. But then the rains came. And as the floods rose and the ark rose with the waters, everyone saw the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Now, you see, Malachi is referring back to times past. He says, once more, as in the time of Noah, for example, you are going to see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. And more than that, you're going to see the distinction between the one who serves God and the one who does not. Now again, going back into the Old Testament story, Moses saw the distinction between those who serve God and those who do not. He saw it in the time of the Exodus. God said to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. And that theme of God's people serving him is repeated again and again and again throughout the story of the Exodus. And when God's people reached the Red Sea, the difference between those who served him and those who did not was clearly, clearly seen. God pulled back the Red Sea so that his people crossed on dry land. But when those who wanted to destroy them came after them, then the waters covered them over. Everyone knew the distinction between those who serve God and those who do not serve him. So there were times in the past, for example, the time of Noah or the time of Moses, when the clear distinction, the vast difference between the righteous and the wicked were clearly seen. The difference, the distinction between those who serve God and those who do not serve God. But in Malachi's day, well, God's people saw that, verse 15, evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. And so, in Malachi's day, as in our day, some people began to wonder, well, God doesn't seem to judge the wicked, so what's then the point of being righteous? They said, verse 14, it's vain 
to serve God? What is the profit in our keeping his charge? Now, that's the question. And in these verses that we're looking at in this short series, God gives us the answer. And that is why these verses are such an encouragement for faithful believers. There will be a day of reward for the righteous. There will be a day of reward for those who serve the Lord. And on that day, brother, sister in Christ, you are going to see clearly the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, the difference between the one who serves God and the one who does not. You will see the difference as clearly as Noah did, as clearly as Moses did in the Exodus, and you will see that the difference is absolutely vast. Now, here's the question. What is this day of reward going to be like for those who are in Christ? You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, and we're beginning the message, God Rewards. It's part of our series, Encouragement for Faithful Believers. And if you've missed any of the series, or if you want to go back and listen again, don't forget you can always do that by going online. Come to our website, openthebible.org.uk, and listen there to any of our previously broadcast messages. You can also find us as a podcast. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. You'll also find on the website and as a podcast, Open the Bible Daily, This is a series of reflective two to three minute talks based on the teachings of Pastor Colin Smith and read in the UK by Sue McLeish. We're going to get back to the message now. We're in Malachi chapter three. Here's Colin. Now here's the question. What is this day of reward going to be like for those who are in Christ? Well, I want us to see four things about it today. You on that day are going to be treasured You're going to be spared, you're going to be healed, and you are going to be free. First then, you will be treasured. Chapter 3 and verse 17. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. Now, the old King James version of the Bible translates the phrase here, my treasured possession, as my jewels. And I love that translation. In that day when I make up my jewels, they will be mine, says the Lord. Take that picture. God's people are his jewels, his treasured possession. Now, just think about what that means, that God would describe you as one of his jewels. Let me give you seven quick observations about jewels to help you think about what that means. First, jewels are treasured. You think about an engagement ring or any piece of jewelry that you have been given by someone who loves you, given for a special occasion. Jewels are treasured. And if you have ever been told in your life by some cruel person that you are nothing, or if you have ever felt that you count for nothing, 
I want you to hear from the Bible today that in Jesus Christ, you are God's treasured possession. You're one of his jewels. Second, jewels are beautiful. They sparkle. Now, right now, as believers, we're kind of diamonds in the rough, so to speak. But one day, every believer will be like a jewel, polished, shining, sparkling, reflecting the radiance and the beauty of Jesus Christ himself. Do you know, as a boy growing up in Scotland, I remember singing in church a song that I haven't heard for years. Perhaps you'll never have heard it at all, but it's taken directly from this verse. And the first lines go like this, when he cometh, when he cometh to make up his jewels, all his jewels, precious jewels, his loved and his own. Like the stars in the morning, his bright crown adorning, they shall shine in their beauty, bright gems for his crown. Jewels are beautiful. Thirdly, jewels are expensive. You have been purchased. You have been bought at a great and indescribable price. The Son of God loved you and gave himself for you. That was the price it took to make this jewel his own. And then fourthly, jewels are guarded. You know, our grandchildren have plenty of strings of plastic beads and they can get left anywhere around the house. But jewels are of great value and therefore they are carefully guarded. And you will be kept and guarded by Almighty God. And when God's jewels are gathered, not one of them will be missing. And then fifthly, jewels are to be worn. When they're worn, jewels say something about the person who wears them. And think about this. God's glory is going to be put on display forever. Forever in the redeemed lives of those who serve him. You're going to be for his glory forever and forever. Sixthly, jewels are owned that's why God says here, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my jewels, my treasured possession. The great purpose of God has always been to redeem a people for himself. The Lord, we read in Psalm 4 and verse 3, has set apart the godly for himself. And the apostle Paul tells us that Jesus gave himself to redeem us, to purify for himself a people for his own possession, to make us his own. Peter puts it this way, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, a people belonging to him. And John says in the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ is worthy. He's worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because he was slain and it was by his blood that people were ransomed for God to become his own. Jewels are owned. 
The greatest thing about being a Christian believer is that you belong to God himself. You are his treasured possession. And then jewels can be moved. Think about this. You have your money in a home and you move to another place. You can hardly take your home with you. You have to leave it behind. But if you move to another place, you'll take your jewels with you. And God speaks here about a day when he will make up his jewels. What does that mean? Well, very clearly right now, God's jewels are dispersed in the world. But God says, a day is coming when he's going to gather his jewels together and he's going to bring them all home. Think about this, brother, sister in Christ. Every time a Christian dies, God brings one of his jewels home. And here, God speaks of a day when he will make up his jewels. That is, a day when he will gather them all together. One day, God will gather his redeemed people from all the corners of the earth. And this is the desire of Jesus Christ. You have it in John in chapter 17 and verse 24, where Jesus says so beautifully to the Father, Father, I desire that they also who you have given to me, that they will be with me where I am. This is why Jesus Christ came into the world. This is why he went to the cross. This is why he rose from the dead. Christ came to purchase the jewels and his great desire is that we, his treasured possession, will be with him forever and forever. Now, says the Lord in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 17, they shall be mine in the day when I make up my jewels. The first and greatest thing about the day of your reward, Christian brother, sister, is that you will be with Christ. You will be his treasured possession. And you will be with him forever and forever. And on that day, when you are with the Lord, you will see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves him and the one who does not serve him, and you're going to see that there is all the difference in the world. You will be treasured. And second, on that day, you will be spared. I will spare them, God says, as a man spares his son who serves him. Now, what will God spare us from? Well, the answer to that is stated very clearly in chapter 4 and verse 1, where God describes the day of judgment. God says, for behold, a day is coming burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. 
The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Utter destruction. The wicked will not stand in the judgment. Nothing they have done will last. Now, if you picture a wildfire sweeping through the trees of a forest after the fire has passed, all that is left are the charred remains. If a living branch remained in the tree, then new shoots could grow. If a living root remained in the ground, then a new plant could grow. But a tree without root and without branch has no future. It is only the remains of a tree that once was. And that, my friend, is the future for those who do not fear God and those who do not serve him. The arrogant and the wicked will be stubble. The day will leave them neither root nor branch. But God says to those who serve him, I will spare them. Now, every Christian knows that whatever we've done for the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, we could have done better and we should have done more. The more you serve the Lord, the more you are going to feel and see your own many, many sins and failings. We find ourselves often saying, we are unworthy servants. But God says of those who serve him, I will spare them. I'll spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. You've been listening to Pastor Colin Smith on Open the Bible and the first part of our message, God Rewards. It's part of our series, Encouragement for Faithful Believers. And if you've missed any of the series or if you want to go back and listen again, don't forget you can always do that by going online. Come to our website, openthebible.org.uk. You can find any of our previously broadcast messages on the website. Also, as a podcast, that might be a more convenient way for you to listen to Pastor Colin Smith's teaching. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. Open the Bible is supported entirely by our listeners. That's people just like you. If that's something you haven't done up to this time, but feel you'd like to begin doing it, we have an offer for you this month. If you are able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to thank you by sending you an Advent devotional. It's called The Coming of the King and it's by J.C. Ryle. Now, Colin, how might we benefit from reading this book? 
Well, it's a book to help us prepare for Christmas. And Christmas is not only the most wonderful and joyful time of the year, it's also for sure the busiest time of the year. And uh, we all have relentless schedules as we move into these next weeks that lie ahead of us. So if you're looking for something that would give you in just a very short space of time some rich nourishment to focus your mind and your heart on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and all the hope that is yours in him. This book by J.C. Ryle, The Coming of the King, I think will be absolutely ideal and wonderfully helpful to you. It gives in just a couple of pages a glimpse of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ for each day leading up to Christmas. You can use it over a period of 25 days I love reading Ryle. He's so clear, he's so warm, he's so Christ-centered. And you will find this nourishing for your soul in the relentless busyness of this season. The Coming of the King by Bishop Ryle. I'm going to be reading it again as we go through Advent, and I hope that it will be a blessing and a joy for you as well. And we'd love to send you a copy of this book as a thank you for setting up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again next time. It's hard when we're going through tough times, so why would we want to persevere? Find out next time on Open the Bible.